Good morning, Jubilee Church. Great to see you again this Sunday. My name's Phil, I'm part of the leadership team at Jubilee. And uh, we're continuing our journey through the book of Philippians. We're still in chapter one. And this morning we're gonna be reading from verses nine to 11. Um, I've had a look at it in a couple of translations and I really love what it, it does in the um, Passion Translation. So that's what I'm gonna be reading from this morning. And it says this, I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. This will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. And you will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the anointed one, bringing praise and glory to God. And I've got three points that I want to make. Um, and the first point is this, is, is that it's all about how we love. It, the Christian life is all about how we love, how we, how we love um, God, how we love each other, and how we love the lost. And the more that we fill our hearts with God's love, the more that we, um, we draw near to God in, in relationship, the greater the revelation we receive. The greater the revelation we receive, the more we begin um, to see the world through God's eyes. We see things differently. I remember when I first came to faith, um, noticing creation, um, noticing the trees and the, the sky and all the amazing things that God had made, whereas before they were, they were blinkered to me. I didn't see that. And I think as you grow in, in Christ and your uh, revelation of God, um, your insight into who God is and and that changes. So Paul's saying, you know, that he wants us to increase beyond measure in, in our in our love for God and our love um, for this world. We see things through God's eyes of love. Ephesians 5.2, Paul says this, he says, and continue to walk, surrender to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. There's an extravagance to Jesus' death on a cross. It cost God everything to redeem us and his plan is to redeem this well. He didn't come to judge and condemn. He came to save and redeem. And that's amazing. You might be feeling in a place um, of isolation. You might be feeling, you know, that you're, and cut off but you know God is near to you God loves you and he wants to bring you into a deeper relationship with himself today nothing pleases God more than when we build our lives on him and uh, we open up our hearts to him and we open up our hearts to others Paul sees the importance of increasing in the love of God and the word love there and um, used in this passage in the Greek is, is not eros, and it's not philio, and it's not stagio. It is, of course, agape. Agape love, all-embracing, all-powerful love. 1 Corinthians 13 expresses it beautifully, and it says, love, this is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous, 
when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up and love is a verb it's a doing word um and it means that it's expressed in the things that we do it's not just about what we say there's no good just saying that you're going to do something or saying that you love something if you if, if your actions are the absolute opposite it demands action and um, if you love christ then you will um be trying to obey his commands you'll be trying to follow him and run after him Point two, as we um, love Jesus, we will sin less. Simply as that. The more we love God, um, the, the less we will sin. And verse 11 of um, 1 Philippians tells us, um, and filled with the fruits of righteousness, evidence that we've been with Christ. There'll be fruit in our lives. There'll be There'll be a change in our lives because um, we've been with Jesus. And we're going to be found in Jesus, it says, the anointed one, bringing praise and glory to God. Jesus is not an anointed one. He is the anointed one. He's the one that is um, um, from the Father to um, bring us to God. His anointing covers us and is in us. Jesus is in us. In the Old Testament, anointing was um, shown um, often by somebody pouring oil um, over somebody. And Samuel anoints David. He pours a flask of oil over his head, symbolizing the Holy Spirit um, coming on that person. And um, Old Testament, in the Old Testament time, shepherds would anoint their sheep with oil to protect them. And the oil would be olive oil mixed with um, aloes and spices. And it would be put on the head of, of the sheep to protect them from nose flies. They had these terrible flies that would get up sheep's noses and, and drive them wild. And they'd get so wild that they'd run off. And um, the shepherd would then have to go and look for them and, and tend and, and find them. So the anointing um, signifies a, a protection, a covering. And of course, when we're in Christ, we're... we're when we're in the, the blessing of Christ and, and we're born again, we, we are covered. There's a covering that comes on us. And we, we go from displaying the acts of the flesh to producing fruit. I love um, this time of year when you see fruit starting to grow on trees and eventually as the sun ripens it, it will change colour. Um, but, you know, when we look back in our lives, um, as we've walked with Christ, we can see that there is fruit. Um, having been developed fruit has appeared in our lives that wasn't there before galatians 5 tells us that the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law it might be a good thing to do is to look back in your life and say well you know um, i used to be really angry and i'm not now and um you know, instead of anger, there is 
peace and there was patience. There was kindness. I, I didn't used to be very kind, but now I am. And then that's the evidence of the working out of Jesus being in your life, that you become more like him. And um, when sometimes, um, you know, in the day and here and now, it's difficult to see that. But when you look back, you can see, gosh, you know, look where I've, look where I've come from. Look where I'm going. It's amazing, the love of God. And thirdly, as you love Jesus more, you, as you love Jesus more, you will love others more. And it's so true. You know, um, God gives you enough love um, so that you can love other people. Often people that are not your people, people that are not um, like you, people that are maybe smelly, maybe are, um, you know, are difficult to get along with. But God gives you a love for people. And you know, um, the people that society abandons and the world abandons, they're the ones that Jesus calls us to go to. Jesus loves those people. And if they're good enough for Jesus, then they're good enough for us. And um, there's many, many people, of uh, Christians have been called over the centuries to go to places and to people that were not their people and, and to lay down their lives on behalf of others. One of my favourites is Amy Carmichael. I love reading um, stories of Amy Carmichael, who went, a young Irish girl who set off and first she goes to Japan and then she comes back and goes, goes back to Ireland and goes back to India. And she, she, she struggled with ill health. But in India, she um, set up this orphanage rescuing um, young girls that were sold into shrine prostitution in Hindu temples. And um, that work is still on the ground. Amy used to um, sometimes dye her skin with coffee so that she would blend in with the, the society. She, she completely abandoned her life. She's, she holds a record for being the missionary that was the longest on the mission field without a break, something like 70 years. She's an amazing woman. And um, yeah, she inspires me. And she said this, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. That inspires me because God um, asks us to love others. And as we, um, as we get more revelation of who God is and more revelation of um, God's heart, then we will go and we will um, make a difference to this world. Matthew 5 verse 43 to 48 says this. It's a very challenging scripture. And it says, love your enemies. You've heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only the, your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. That's challenging. Very, very challenging to love those that persecute you, to love those that are against you, to love those that scoff at your Christian faith, to love those, um, maybe you've got a next door neighbor that's particularly difficult, to love those people, even when they're, you know, not being loving and kind to you. But God asks us to do that. I'm challenged by that today. It's all about 
how we love. And um, go this week, um, fill yourself up with God's love, worship him, open your hearts to him, pray and um, see what God can do in your life. God bless you and hope to catch up with you real soon. Bye for now.